0: Hey, do you remember something in the Bible about the last days when the dead would rise from the grave? I remember
1: Revelation seven twelve. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth, and the
0: moon became as blood, and the seas boiled and the skies fell. Judgment day. Judgment every ancient
1: religion has its own myth about the end of the world
0: myth ray has it ever occurred to you and maybe the reason we've been so busy lately is because the dead have been rising from the grave they're coming to get you barbara wolfman's got an come on What's wrong? He's speaking in tongues, Lois. I said is possessed. Make start at Psalm 41 and don't stop reading till I tell you. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels
1: you. So, come up to the lab and see what's
0: on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Old Nerds Drinking. This is me, Rogan. With me is my boy, the main master of ceremonies, the guy that runs the boards, the guy that handles everything, whose show it actually is, my boy John El Guapo. How are you good, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm fine. What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking...
1: Tonight, uh, the official drink of Old Nerds Drinking is Coppercraft Distilleries from New Holland, Michigan. This is their canned whiskey lemonade
0: it um it tastes like shit it really does <laughs> really do not what, like this you know what it tastes
1: like this is the LaCroix of alcoholic it is. beverages it is. it's like somebody bottled alcoholic seltzer while vaguely thinking about a lemon yes. and decided to call it yes. whiskey lemonade
0: it's uh it is the pample mousse of canned alcoholic beverages outside of beer very little alcohol tastes good in a can. Usually, I don't know the mos those mules that you had, those Moscow mules or whatever the hell they were.
1: So that is the uh, the New <laughs> Holland Distilleries Michigan Mule.
0: Yes, that is actually very good. They've, I've also tried canned mead before, and it is shit. Do yeah. not ever buy canned mead.
1: We we put a link to this in the uh, show descriptions. Now I will warn everyone: this is. Ten percent AVB.
0: Yeah, this is undrinkable. I'm gonna go back to. I'm sorry. I appreciate <laughs> it. Here, let's do the drink. Uh, the drink. Yeah. Click here.
1: There Yeah, we go. you can barely hear it because it's yeah. ten. But
0: there we go. The uh, so yes, welcome old nerd, uh, old nerds. What old nerds army? O N D army. That's what it is. O N D army. So tonight, to let everybody know up front, we do have spoiler warnings. So we're gonna put that out there right now. Yes, spoilers because we did watch the newest episode of The Mandalorian that came out on Disney Plus today so uh,
1: yeah we did
0: if you have not watched the show yet or you just don't give a shit about spoilers they're coming yeah i guess we should start off with that if we want to it is devil's night here it's the night before halloween so this is actually the halloween show which none of you are going to hear until after halloween
1: <laughs> yep see is it even is it even devil's night anymore like well, they they have they have so effectively curbed the mayhem it's not even a thing like this used to be our thing this was detroit's thing yes
0: setting houses on fire was detroit's thing for the longest time which was made famous in the crow
1: right so it's like like, uh yeah once a year we just decide there's one night and we're gonna burn half the city down but
0: well to be fair there's not as many vacant buildings in detroit as there used to be they they have done a really good job of cleaning up the city so i mean it's not it's not spick and span spotless but it's it's come a long long way but I, i think when we were kids Devil's Night for us was going out and getting toilet paper, toilet paper, you know, toilet papering people's trees, getting blocks of soap and, and like, writing on the windows, eggs.
1: Toilet paper is such a... Yeah,
0: you don't waste that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it is
1: still a... It is A rational commodity, commodity yes. that, you know, you don't want to waste it.
0: I'm actually kind of surprised because with the election coming up on Tuesday, with all of the craziness and the weirdness that's going on, I really, really expected people to hunker down and go back into a panic buying mode. Also, you also have COVID starting to peak back up again, which actually, from what I understand, were higher now than originally when it was busted way back in March. And I really just expected people to go on a nuts, like, buying everything spree again. So I stopped up to the grocery store on the way here to pick up this this can of truly pineapple and it wasn't that bad, you know, especially uh, like on a Friday night and, and there were stock on the shelves. And I just keep waiting for the other foot to drop where people lose their shit again. That or we've learned our lesson from the first time.
1: I think that's it. I, I, think, I think we've learned enough of our lesson that it's just like, yeah, no, we got this. We're mm-hmm. not going to need all this shit. All the idiots who bought gallons of hand sanitizer mm-hmm. and, and every box of toilet paper on the shelf still have theirs. Oh. They don't
0: they don't really need to stock up. Well, let's see what happens on Tuesday. That's oh my god. The election, the election day because either way it goes, we're fucked. We're kind of, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna go political. I'm not gonna talk about that here on this show, but you know <laughs> Oh man. We're gonna be going through anxiety for at least a week after this happens and then Don't
1: blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> Kodo. Kodo
0: <laughs> It just sounds different. So yeah. yeah, Halloween. I didn't do Jack for Halloween decorating this year. I usually do, now that my kids are moved out, like, usually I'm one of those guys that's got, like, obnoxious amounts of blow-up inflatable things in front of their house. And then a couple years ago, a a couple years ago, I did the thing where, um, because I used to go out and hang lights everywhere, I was that guy, and then they came out with the things where you stick them into the ground and they project the lights onto your house and they move and all that shit. Once that happened, I was like, you know what? I'm getting old. I don't want to do this shit anymore. I'm just going to buy a whole bunch of these and stick them in the ground and project them at the house. So a lot of my gumption to go out and put, like, massive amounts of lights and inflatables kind of went by the wayside. So I have my big inflatable pumpkin that goes out in front of the house. I've got these lights that project ghosts on the house, and I got a couple of streams of lights going around, and that's about it. I did have, like, three big inflatables, but over the years they've all just kind of gone bad. Mm -hmm. Like, the fans in those things, they start, like, the fans will start to wear out, and then the fabric starts to, like, not hold the air anymore, and it starts to split, So, like, if you look at the one I got in the backyard, the front of the house now, where the zipper is, it's all sewed together because it ripped out. There's, like, a couple of big, giant safety pins holding. Like, from the front, it's like, oh, wow, it's cool, and it's got the three ghosts on top of it. That's the other thing. When these things get old, they don't hold air as well. So, the big inflatable that used to stand, like, 12 foot high, now looks like, you know, a 75-year-old man's penis without Viagra. It just (laughs) kind of, like, hangs over, and it's supposed to be a ghost that's blown up, but it's not.
1: Well, it's funny, like, I'm a nut for, like, the learning channel and the history channel and all that stuff, and I was watching something one time about hot air balloons, and they're the same way. Like, you can, a hot air balloon's a huge investment, and you can only use them so many times before the silk stretches to a point where they're not airworthy. So really? you, they have to constantly maintain them. They're constantly checking the seams, replacing parts of them. It's a big deal.
0: Oh, so how long do these how long does a hot air balloon usually last? Which has nothing to do with Halloween. <laughs> this has been another useless fact. Well, you're full of them.
1: I am Trivea, the Greek god of obscure and unknown knowledge.
0: I like that. That I too am that way, but me and you have this knowledge base that totally like it complements one another, but they're in opposite ends of the spectrum. Well,
1: that was that so, was for, that was an episode of uh, Hercules Hercules: The Legendary Journeys from the '90s. They encountered Trivea, the Greek god of obscure and unknown knowledge, portrayed by Ben Stein.
0: Ben Stein's the perfect guy to do it. So, when you were a kid, you remember trick or treating, I'm assuming. Oh right?
1: God, yeah, dude. Okay. So, so I Halloween's my holiday. I love Halloween. Yeah, I, same I, here i remember growing up uh, over on the other side of my city on my block a house and these guys went all out they they had a full-size electric chair and some years it would be a dummy on it some years it would be a guy sitting on it and you never knew until you got there yeah um they had graves that and had little would jump
0: and scare the shit out of you right oh yeah yeah yeah
1: they had graves that would bleed And had little pumps in them so they were constantly bleeding. He had motorized arms that were coming out of the ground. Like, certain people in my family were scarred for life from this. And I'm like, this is the house. This is what I want to be when I grow up. And I have always said my goal in life is I want to be the house on my street that all the kids are afraid to go to on Mm -hmm. Halloween. Right now, it's I I I gotta go out with my kids because they're still of the age of trick or treating. But as soon as they're as soon as those kids are old enough to go by themselves, mm-hmm. yeah, Daddy's gonna start decorating this house for real.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this year, like I'm going over a buddy of mine's house tomorrow night, and they're not passing out candy. Their kids aren't going out for Halloween. We're all kind of hermits. None of us go anywhere, so the whole social distancing thing isn't an issue. Like we never none of us ever leave the house. The only time we ever get together is if we're hanging out with each other. But this year, like, we usually go, we'll sit out in front of their yard, and we'll have a fire pit going, and we'll all just sit out in front and drink beer in the driveway and pass out candy yeah. to the kids and stuff. This year, we're not doing that, so we're all going to hide in the backyard while Halloween's going on. And, uh-huh. um, you know, and that's, that's what we're doing this year, and it's going to kind of suck. But I remember when I was a kid going trick or treating. God, I've got so many of these stories. <laughs> Where I used to live, there was this guy that lived down the road and he had one of those like those voice boxes. You know, he had to talk through, you know, How are you doing? What's up? You know. Oh, Ned. Come. Yeah, it was a Ned. It was an old guy that was a Ned. So he would build this there was one year he built this weird robot machine contraption out in front of his house. It was like a big box with lights and stuff all over it. And you would walk up to it. He had, like, the venting tube that would go out of a dryer up to, you know, with air, the air blows the vent outside, you know, that kind of tube. He had that. He had come out of a silver glove. He was one of these badasses that would, A, give out full-size candy bars, and sometimes he would give out, like, silver dollars. Oh, wow. I was the kid that would go to this guy's house, hit the block, run home, switch to another costume real <laughs> quick, go back, and I would just keep hitting this guy up. And I, I would make, like, five bucks off of this dude, you know, in silver dollars, which isn't this much. Is Yes, exactly, but when you're in, you're a kid, you're like, you know, it's like, A, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm scamming this guy, this is the shit, and B, you know, I'm like, how many times can I do this and, and, and get as much off this dude as possible? Then time went on, uh, you know, we would trick-or-treat with the buddies and stuff, and we got to a point where we would stop taking, like, plastic bags, because we would fill the shit up so much the bags would about. so we started taking, like, pillowcases. Oh, yeah,
1: I, I remember growing up in the 80s, it was pillowcases, yeah. and...
0: And the trick was how it wasn't. It was how many houses can you hit to get as much candy to become diabetic as humanly possible. <laughs> like it was the Wilford Brimley quest. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. It, yeah, you would run from one house to the next, and then as we got older, it was like we started carrying backpacks with us. So we dumped the back. We would fill up the backpack with candy, and we'd take the pillowcase and go out, and we would. We would start as early as we possibly could, Mm -hmm. which is like six. And I think trick-or-treating went till like eight or nine. Maybe it was nine when I was a kid. Now it's like eight, I think.
1: Windout is uh, 5.30 to 7.30. you got two hours. Wow. Yeah.
0: Man. So we would run our asses off. Most of the costumes that I had were always homemade. They still are homemade for the most part. And then I remember one year, over in Taylor, there used to be this um, cool Halloween mask store. And they had all kinds of other junk. But at Halloween, the whole store would be converted to. It was off of it was off Eureka and Telegraph. It was across the street from what used to be Exotic Sports. Mm-hmm. And it was this mask store. And I remember going up there and the guy was like, yeah, I need somebody to wave a sign out front. He goes, I'll pay you. What I'll do is come up here and work for the next three weeks. I'll let you get whatever mask you want off of the wall as long as it's under like 300 bucks or something like that. And I'm like, 300 bucks? You know, and these are really cool masks. So I oh, would yeah. show up every day, go out front, wear a costume, and I'd be like the guy dancing around the road. And then I remember one year I brought up my this, the ghetto like the boom boxes, the age of the ghetto blasters back in the eighties. This giant like fuck you. Like, oh yes. Looks like
1: so many D batteries sacrificed yeah, on the exactly, altar of yeah. music. this
0: thing looked like twenty four D batteries. It was monster. It was my buddies. Like I'm surprised it didn't have a fold down turntable on it. But anyways, I take it up there. And uh, I do remember the guy did run an extension cord out for me eventually. It was this massive fucking radio, so I would go inside and get this big plastic battle axe, this long double thing battle axe, and I would go outside. I could wear whatever masks I wanted to in the store, and I would go outside and they had an Eddie mask from from um, Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. So I would go outside. and I would blast Eddie. I'd uh, blast Iron Maiden, and I would like act like I was playing this battle axe like a guitar, <laughs> and I would like totally rock out. You know, on the side of the road. Like most people are like waving people in, you know, hi, come her And me, I'm like, and I'm like just rocking out, like slamming my head back. I didn't even like Iron Maiden. it was just funny. And I remember you were
1: just a teenage dirtbag baby. And I was, and I
0: was a nerd. And plus like the other thing is this is where the whole like the whole Tyler Durden thing for me came in. Like I could go out and I could wear this mask and nobody knows who I am out by the side of the road. Right. So I could go out and be a total complete clown jackass. And then nobody's going to know who I am under the mask, you know? So, again, it was mostly people from my high school going by. And I remember a school bus going by. They were stopped at the light, and they saw me when I was blasting. Them. I'm, like, just rocking out. to And and the burnouts that usually beat my ass in high school, the guys that are walking around with the Slayer patches on the back right. of the denim sleeveless jackets, you know, those guys... Like, they would see me, and they would, like, you'd see, like, this, this congregation of, like, guys sticking their heads out of the school bus because they had the drop-down windows. <laughs> and they're all, like, putting the devil fingers up in the air, and they're, like, totally headbanging. Aah! They're, like, rocking Throwing out. Throwing up shit. the horns. Yeah, they're, like, yeah, because I'm out there, like, rocking out. They didn't realize I was the same guy that they would walk by every day in high school and, like, shove into the locker and slam the door or whatever. They didn't realize that that was me. Right. But it was awesome. I'd just go out there and totally rock out flagging people in. But anyways, long story short... When when my time was done, it was like it was like the last day. The guy was like, "Okay, pick the mask off the wall that you want." So I got this full head zombie mask, which was at it was exactly three hundred bucks. I'm never gonna own a mask like this ever in my life, you know, because it was like, how was a kid that's like 15, 14 years old gonna come up with the money to get a three hundred dollar zombie mask, right? And it was badass. It was and really like nineteen
1: cool. eighties dollar three hundred yeah. bucks.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it was like a world's really professional, high grade quality mask. And my other buddy, like he was there for a little bit, and then he just quit going for whatever reason. So he's like, "Well, your friend dicked me over, but you kept here every day, and you showed up every day, and you went out there, and you really worked your ass off." You know, you, you did crazy creative stuff, and you brought people in here, and you got business. So, yeah, here you go. Take your mask. It was a $300 zombie mask, and I love that mask, but the problem is, and we kind of covered this on my last podcast that I did on my show, it like it had really tiny eye slits in it, oh, yeah. like, so you could barely see. Plus, the mask was like for an adult, and I was obviously not an adult. Here you have this guy that's kind of little with an oversized, full-size human head mask on. They can barely see what the hell he's doing, and it's latex. You're just sweating your ass off in it. I don't know if you had costumes like that when you were a kid.
1: But... Uh, see, I grew up in the age of the the plastic mask. Yeah. Every, everything was like blow mold plastic.
0: Yes, exactly. I know what you're talking about. So it was like the half mask or whatever you're talking about? Or...
1: No, no, no. It was, it was like just the formed plastic mask. Okay. The vinyl kind of like sackcloth yeah. that had a screen print on it of a costume. And that was your costume. Yeah. But... I never really got any of those. My mom was a seamstress, so she made almost all of our costumes. So See, like,
0: kind of badass. Yeah,
1: dude. Like thinking back on it, like, dude, when Ghostbusters came out, I had like a for real Ghostbusters jumpsuit mm-hmm. with the that old plastic proton pack that they sold, and everybody else is in just like. A like this one
0: of those crappy crabbing... vinyl ones. That yeah. you Go to like Kmart to buy. Exactly. Yeah. I remember that as a kid too. Bob would be like, "All right, let's go buy your Halloween costume." So you'd get there and you'd have like the half face Batman mask, right? With right. With the eye holes in it, and like the it was like this really chintzy, like really bad plastic suit that you'd put on. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm Batman. And you're like, No, I look really stupid. Yeah. Like
1: when when 1989 Tim Burton Batman came out, I had a full Batman costume. I was the shit in that thing, and I wore that cape forever. And And then when
0: the Batman with nipples costume came out, you had that one too.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) La, 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 Schumacher, Batman, never happened, la, la, la. (laughs) You have those stages when you're a kid. First, you're going out. You're going out, and then, like, it's the first year where you can, like, go out with your friends. And so you're going out, and you're getting candy, but you're also, like, being a juvenile delinquent because, you know, you were kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you got to that point where you're just like, dude, nobody. you don't go trick-or-treating anymore, so then it was more about like staying home and watching scary movies.
0: Yeah, and hanging out with your buds. Right, yeah. right.
1: And then we got to like high school, and because we're nerds, and we were specifically theater nerds, it was like, okay, this is our annual nightly viewing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and like we'd all hang out, and we'd sit outside my buddy Brian's front porch, and we'd Give out candy, and if you were like high school aged coming to our or that house for candy, we made you answer trivia questions because we were going to make you dance for our enjoyment.
0: Knowing the high school that you went to and the school's athletic program, it was probably similar to the high school that I went to, where like the jocks had one costume; they would go out as zombie football player. But I see, like no? none of the
1: none, none of the jocks really came out. It was like all the burnouts, and they, so they were all the people we knew. And then after after your high school age, it's hey let's get some beers and watch movies.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I still like sitting out front and hanging out, handing out candy and stuff like that. Oh though. yeah, dude. I you I know. remember
1: right after my kids were born, um, we would go out at our old house, and there was always one house where they would give candy out to the kids. And then they had a or they would have a bowl with Jello shots for the adult. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was that was something we'd always do. And I th- I thought about doing. So my philosophy this year is this year for the first time ever I'm I went to Sam's Club. I bought full size candy bars. Yeah. Because it's like you know this year has just been such shit. Yeah. Like the.
0: So you are actually are passing out candy this year.
1: I won't. Um, my mom probably will. So I bought this stuff for her because it's um. I still got to take the kids out. Yeah. And and my son, he's good for about three blocks and then he's done. Yeah. He knows that's about as much candy as he's going to get. And he just doesn't want to walk. So he, he will get to the end of the street, walk back, he's done. And then my daughter will be out till the very last minute getting everything. And God bless her because that's how I get candy. They're, they're done with their Halloween candy after a couple of days. I don't let them gorge themselves on it because I'm the one eating it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So see, that's
0: the thing. Like we're adults now. Like we can just go to the store and buy as much candy as we want to buy. Yeah, which we're probably going to do the day after Halloween because it's all going to start to go on markdown. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's like. It's it's like that thing where it's like when you we were kids you had it. Now that you're an adult, you can do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Yeah, it's like so, it's like if I want Reese's, I can go to the store and for like five dollars buy a bag of thirty two individually wrapped Reese's cups.
0: Yeah, I'm a and, Twizzlers and, guy.
1: Oh, see, it's all it's all about the Reese's, man. It's all about the Reese's cups. Yeah, and they got to be cold. Like, like you put the Reese's cups in the microwave or not the microwave, the the freezer. You let them get cold and solid, so they're not melting in your hands. And then, oh yeah.
0: Worst Halloween candy you got.
1: God, it's fucking candy corn. Everybody's worst Halloween candy is candy corn. I didn't mind candy
0: corn. The ones that I didn't like were those really weird, like, orange and black taffies that were wrapped up in wax paper. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't know what the fuck they were. Nobody knows what the hell they are. And why they're still giving them out.
1: Because they probably made a giant vat of them in the 1920s, and they're still (laughs) still giving (laughs) out that giant vat of those wrapped taffy.
0: Popcorn balls. That was another hideous... Oh,
1: see, I actually like popcorn balls, because they were like the uh, that sweet popcorn, like kettle corn. Yeah. It was the fact that the way people made them was they were almost always homemade, and you'd get them in the glove, and there would be like the candy corn in the fingers, like mm-hmm. fingernails, and then the popcorn ball. Oh, yeah,
0: the people that take the plastic gloves, and they put the candy corn at the front yeah. for the nails. The, yeah. Like,
1: I always loved the, because it was the sweet popcorn, but man, I, I, I hated... Uh, it, you realize that somebody made those. Mm-hmm. What was the other thing? It was it was Halloween three season of the witch. Oh yeah. The apples with the razor blades in them, and they, I remember going as a as a kid having to go to the police department and have them run the metal detector mm-hmm. wand over all the candy because everybody was afraid that was really going to happen.
0: Yeah, that I know of. From what I understand, um, I know a guy that writes for Skeptical Inquirer magazine. There are very, very, very few. I don't want to say none because it seems like that would, in our day and age, somebody would do something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's an, a lot of that kind of stuff just never happened. Yeah. And I remember a few, like when my kids were young growing up, I would just reach inside their bag and eat like a Snickers or something. My wife would be like, don't do that. It could be poison. It could have something in it or something like that, you know. Right. Et cetera. So that I know of, there's not a whole lot of cases of that actually happening. So a little known fact for you, I am going to talk a little bit about this. I've discussed it on other shows and stuff like that. Witches in brewing beer. There's all these different legends about the whole classic witch. The classic witch with the pointy hat, black mm. cat, the broom, all of that stuff. A lot of that, from what I understand, comes from, because we are an alcohol show, yeah. um, comes from when way back in the day, women were the original brewers of beer. Mm. They were called alewives. And what would happen is these witches would take the, they would take all the ingredients they had grains on hand, and they would be the ones that would make the beer and sell it to the public. So what you would have happen is these women would make this beer, and they would wear these really tall pointy hats to let people know that you would if you wanted to buy ale or beer you would look for the woman with the tall pointy hat standing out in the crowd. They stood up further, and that would be where you would go to buy the beer from. That was where one of the legends of the whole pointed hat thing came from. The thing with the brooms. When these women would open up their shops, they would open up the shops when the beer was ready to be sold. So what they would do is, they didn't have sign poles, so what they would do is they would take they would make whatever flag they had, and they would put the flag on, on the, the, the broom, and they would hang the broom outside of their establishment, like a flagpole kind of right. thing. So they would use the broom for that, and that would let everybody know that they were open for business. The whole cauldron thing came from, when you make beer, back then, you would boil all of your ingredients in a giant pot. So all of these different things came about. Now the witches thing with the, the the cats came about is you have sacks of grain in your establishment sitting around. These things would attract mice, so and rats. So how do you get rid of them? You have a cat. The cats were there primarily to chase these, right? You know, to, to chase these animals away. So all of these things became kind of synonymous with that sort of thing. And eventually what happened is is women were making a lot of money selling beer and ale and brews and stuff like that, and men started to get a hold of it. And then the man came and
1: ruined everything. Men
0: came along and were like, wait a minute, these women are making a lot of money doing this. So the men became involved with it and started taking over the industry. And slowly but surely, all of these different things that these women did to bring people in and all these little practices they did became known as witchcraft. So witches instantly became synonymous with pointy hats, brooms, black cats, boiling stuff in cauldrons, all of these different things. And plus, it was also like women brewing potions up. At the time, they really didn't quite understand the whole process of fermentation and how it worked. How do you take water and grain and all this stuff? And boom, now you've got something that's called alcohol, right. which is also where spirits came from. But you probably know about the whole thing about spirits.
1: Well, um, and, and it also goes back to herbalistic medicine. Mm-hmm one of the things that people actually just read a book or read a book that was talking about this was with the spice trade all these exotic spices were coming in and people honestly believed that they had that they had curative powers Mm -hmm. so you had people who were basically the head spicer to the king and they would be in charge of making these herb infusions in addition to putting herbs in their meals, that were supposed to do everything from cure cancer to help with arthritis and pains. Mm -hmm. And they were half medicine, half cook. Part of the, it it all derived from the spice
0: trade. Mm -hmm. Well, alchemy ties into that as well. Mm -hmm. That was also, there's a little bit of alchemy in there too, because alchemy is the birth of modern medical science um by the time alchemy was viewed as it was viewed as magical but not necessarily magical so science came along and went well that works that works that works that's garbage that works and we'll take this and move it along in modern right. medicine but yeah that's like a little brief like tisserie of of uh, witchcraft doing with brewing and things like that they're Tiss- originally called l wives
1: tisserie are, are we cooking chickens
0: yeah, rotisserie. I can't remember the word that I'm trying to look. Trist
1: I believe Triste, is that.
0: Trist, yeah, tristy, trist, trist traced, trite, 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 traumatic, trauma, Tripoli, Tripoli, e. Triple e. <laughs> truffle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we going now, sir? Since Um, I've hijacked the show enough from... That's kind of my purpose here. Like, you, like, sit down and try to plan everything out, and I walk in and I'm like, fuck this shit, and I kick the table over, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuck these carefully handwritten notes that you've made... Fuck these notes, fuck this, ...of stuff to bring up and outlines and everything. Well, there
0: was something else I was going to bring up, but I don't remember exactly what it was. I, I can't remember which... Which Henry it was? Henry the Eighth or Henry the Sixth or something like that. There was a there was a, one of the kings that decided that black cats had to do with witchcraft. So therefore, if there were no black cats and there was less cats, there would be no witches. Mm -hmm. So he went on this big rampage to have cats killed off to the point where they almost became endangered. But the bubonic plague came along. And once the cats were all died off, oh, look, the mice and the rat population started to expand. And the bubonic plague started to spread because this guy believed that black cats had to do with witchcraft. Right. So he just went on this mad campaign to have all of these cats killed off. So, yeah, well, did we talk about in the last show how you guys used to have this house over here in the city that you live in where the doll was in the window and the driveway was painted blood red?
1: Uh No. No, you wanted to bring it up. And so there was an old wives' tale. Not like an old wives'
0: tale. No, it was real. I've been to the house, but it's yeah, not there anymore. But it was a no, real it, house. it
1: was because um, it was over by the middle school. And I remember when I, for the the two years I went to the middle school, we drove by it every day. Mm-hmm. But it was a a house with paint like the, the driveway was painted red and there was always like porcelain dolls in the window. So the, the myth was, or the urban legend was that somebody had accidentally ran over their kid in the driveway.
0: Riding a little tricycle. Yeah. Yes. Oh,
1: see, I wasn't a tricycle in the myth. It was just, they accidentally ran over okay. the kid in the driveway and they couldn't get the blood stains out of the cement. So they painted the whole cement red. Yeah. And then the dolls in the window were supposedly because the mom went crazy over accidentally killing her child.
0: But so she... there was a doll in the window, and the woman would change the clothes on it every day. Yeah. Like, at night, there was the, the windows would be open. It was a big-picture window. Mm-hmm. And I remember the doll being in the window, and there was always a light shining on the doll. And every night, the clothes would be changed. And it was really fucking freaky. Like, nothing, there would be no other lights on in the house, but the doll would be in the window, and the doll was... I don't know, three feet high or something like that? Yeah, it
1: was one of those collectible dolls. And the Uh, driveway
0: was painted blood red, so it'd be like, the dare was pull up into the driveway and then pull back out and pull away, you know? And, of course, we did it because we were assholes, but we didn't know any better. I'm like, here's this house with a blood red driveway, the fucking doll in the window that gets changed every day. It was really creepy and weird. It was weird.
1: First, first was going to Wyandotte. I went to uh, one of the Catholic schools. Sorry. There was a house... So like on one corner is the school and then there's this house. It wasn't part of the church in any way. It was there before the church was there. So it was just this house. And then like surrounding the house was like the parking lot for the school and then the, the playground. And I remember when I was in kindergarten. Like everybody, everybody always said this house was haunted and there was a demon that lived there. And mm-hmm. you could, if, if the guy opened.
0: But well, Wyandotte is a very haunted city. Yeah.
1: If, if the, the guy who lived there, oh, creepy old guy who lived there opened his door, you could sometimes see the demon's eyes. Man, it probably took me until I was like 12 or 12 or 13 years old thinking back and like, you know, it's probably just the guy's cat.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: we were all scared of these glowing green eyes. And it's like, oh yeah, that's a cat. Probably just a cat.
0: Well, your city does. Where where the city the city that we're in right now, your city, the police department where it sits now was originally the site of the original city's cemetery.
1: No, it's next to it because the cemetery still exists.
0: Yeah, but I thought that they'd built the, the police department over top of the cemetery. They moved no, the no, bodies over. No. Ah, um, another urban legend that's yeah. been proven wrong.
1: Yeah, it's because um, it's, it's a historic grave site and, or a historic cemetery, and there's some really, really old graves there because mm-hmm. it's weird. Wyandotte is much much older than many of the cities around it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Wynndot dates back to like not not as old as the, the Detroit Fort. Yeah. But for quite a while, like early. Well, this
0: city was it was a huge city. It was an iron industry city. They built ships here. Yeah. Yeah. You had a lot of Irish immigrants. And for a while, this city... It wasn't... Well, no, it, was, it wasn't it was just Irish immigrants. It was just immigrants. Yeah. Um,
1: windup was a very immigrant town, and that's why you had um, so many Catholic churches here. Catholic
0: churches and bars. This you city had... once had the world's record for the largest number of bars in any city, and literally almost every corner in this city had a bar on it at one time. Oh, yeah.
1: You, and you can still drive around and see houses that were house bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the first floor was a bar, and then it would have an apartment above it. Uh, in fact, the first the first house my family lived in in Wyandot was an old house bar.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then going that tradition went back before Prohibition, and then into Prohibition, m- many of those house bars became speakeasies. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of books on the air, er- like Detroit and the surrounding suburbs, and even Wyandot's history and Prohibition. And at one point in the city of Wyandotte, they believed there were more stills than there were houses in the city. That's completely believable. To the point where the police raided one house looking for a still, and the entire house was a still. Giant cattle.
0: These are weed grow houses. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If like, you, one room would be the giant fermenting pot, yeah. and then they'd have the kettles where they were making yep. the mash, and it, the whole house was a gigantic still. Yep.
0: I can completely believe that. Yeah. All right, do you, do you want to tackle the Mandalorian now? Do you want to move into that? No, right?
1: no, we have another, we have a Segway segment, because talking about from the first episode when we were talking about. Uh, Muppeting movies.
0: Oh, yes. That's right. I'm going to be rusty on this one because I wasn't We, we really have expecting... a
1: suitably Halloween-themed Muppeting, and we are going to Muppet the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So let's
0: start with who should be the one human character that stays.
1: And not even a question. It's Tim Curry as Frank Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: Tim Tim Curry as Frank
0: I kind of want to disagree with you and make it Brad.
1: I kind of want to... Yeah. I mean, having Barry Bostwick be the straight man...
0: Because I don't see a Muppet that would, like, he, he plays the straight man so well. Whereas, Frankenfurter, I would think that would be a Gonzo. I would go with Gonzo for Frankenfurter.
1: Oh, no, see, I've I got Gonzo. So, okay, so this is this is my Rocky Horror Muppet casting. Um, in order of appearance, the first person we see is the criminologist. The guy who's kind of the narrator.
0: In the wheelchair.
1: Uh, no, no, the just the guy... Um, I don't know the actor's name, but he's also the guy who played uh, Blofeld in like a bunch of the Bo- a couple of the Bond movies. Okay.
0: it's been a little bit since it's been a couple of years since yeah, I've seen. He's the he's the one narrating the story. Yes.
1: Um, and I he, thought he
0: was the guy in the wheelchair, though. My no, veils, my veals. I can't move my veils.
1: No, that's Doctor Scott. Okay. The criminologist is the narrator.
0: Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah
1: the guy who spins the globe. Gotcha. Go ahead. So yes. he is, of course, going to be Sam the American Eagle. That
0: works. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yep. that, that's okay. an easy one. Yeah.
1: Uh, so now we get to Brad and Janet. And if I, you I, say
0: Kermit and Miss Piggy? I will.
1: Oh no, 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 okay. no. Uh, we're we're going to get to them. Brad and Janet. I have uh, Scooter as Brad.
0: Uh yeah, I guess that would fit. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah Scooter uh, would fit.
1: And Janice. From the band. From the band. Yeah, as, that as, could kind of work too. Yeah, as Janet for Kermit and Miss Piggy. I have Kermit as Riff Raff.
0: Oh, I don't know about and
1: that. And Miss Piggy as Magenta.
0: Miss Miss Piggy could pull off Magenta, but I don't know about Kermit being Riff Raff.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's because there's always that weird kind of sexual vibe between Riff Raff and Magenta, and Miss and Magenta's always ready to pretty much throw down with anybody. So it was pretty easy for Miss Piggy as Magenta, and and Kermit as Riff Raff was just kind of a fill in for Columbia. Uh, the other the other female, it's uh, Camilla the chicken. Braw! Yes. Braw,
0: braw, braw. Oh. And now braw. we're get...
1: So we have <laughs> Tim Curry as Frankenfurter as Rocky. We have Animal.
0: I would think he would be the one. No, I don't know. I kind of agree with you, but I yeah. think he would be the one that would play the part of Meatloaf. Oh no no no,
1: because Eddie is played by Gonzo, because Gonzo. Uh, drives a motorcycle. He's done, like, motorcycle stunts every once in a while. Columbia's in love with him, so then you have Camilla as Columbia and Gonzo as Eddie.
0: You know what? I really can't fault your reasoning here because I can envision this in my head. Yes. I just don't know if I agree with the Kermit selection, though.
1: Yeah, so... And then Dr. Scott is Professor Bunsen Honeydew.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So... So where's Beaker fit into this?
1: He doesn't. You don't have Beaker in this? You can cut... Like... You could kind I of... might
0: make Beaker Rocky. Yeah, yeah.
1: See wee,
0: wee, 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 wee. Wee, wee, wee. The reason
1: the reason I went Animal was cuz at the end of it when he goes all King Kong and everything, like you could see Animal beating the crap out of beating the crap out of Riff Raff, dragging Tim Curry up the building like
0: I might make Animal Riff Raff. Mm. I might make Animal Riff Raff and I might make I may, might make Beaker Rocky because okay. Rocky really doesn't have any lines in the movie at all. Right. That would be the alterations that I would make. I would keep I would keep Brad human and if I wasn't Brad if Brad wasn't the human, then I would make Kermit the human. And I would actually I might even go so far to make to make the safe choice and make Brad and Janet Kermit and Miss Piggy.
1: Nah. I don't see Piggy as Janet. Janet is way too kind of, and
0: Piggy's kind of bitchy. I get yeah. what you're saying,
1: yeah, but I still think it would work. I I think I think Miss Piggy is born to play Magenta.
0: She would be a good Magenta. I'm not arguing that because yeah. she is. She's got the bitchiness to play the Magenta. I just um, don't know. So okay, See, Riff Raff is so, where I'd be stuck on. That's that's kind of a hard casting call for me.
1: So if you're gonna do Brad as the human, who are you gonna have the Muppet as Frankenfurter?
0: Uh, probably Gonzo. <laughs> I could see Gonzo playing the Tim Curry part pretty well.
1: Ah, uh, see. Nah, I, I... I, Nobody can replace Tim Curry.
0: I, I do. I want to agree with you. I yeah. do. Because I, was, I mean, come was on. He, he, was in, he, was, role.
1: he was in Muppet Treasure Island, too.
0: Yes. I don't know. This is... A, I mean, you make some very valid points that are... Some of them are very valid and hard to argue with. Right. I mean... I mean, Brad's kind of a simple character. That's why I think Kermit could play Brad pretty well. You know, he's just kind of, you know, he, I, except I for that.
1: when he gets seduced by Frankenburger.
0: So the visual of, of Gonzo going down on Brad, which does happen in in Rocky Horror Picture Show, so I, that that's an odd visual to get in, to get out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I guess I could <laughs> see that. And now here's
1: a new visual for you tim curry going down on muppets as frankenfurter
0: that is a much more funny visual
1: it is it really is
0: uh you know, I, I'm the what whole... have you
1: done with brad nothing should i <laughs>
0: <laughs> i never not even when you were a brownie and you got eight uh, you know what the, these are some very solid choices on a whole i think this is a pretty good roster so where are we going now
1: well i think right now we are about to go into spoiler territory Yeah, sound effects and everything. So basically, so we are officially, officially in Mandalorian spoiler territory. From this point on, if you have not seen the Mandalorian and you don't want to be spoiled, beware, you've been warned.
0: So overall what did you think of the show?
1: Oh my god. This this was like this episode in particular touched on some super deep Star Wars lore. you really really had to nerd hard to know some things and about I it? And I
0: nerded so hard that I caught everything in it. Yeah. Like okay, you're you're talking about the Crate Dragon, right? Yes. Okay. When it's going when 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 he walks into the town and this thing happens going across the ground. My wife's like, What's going on here? You know, And I'm like, Oh my God, it's a crate dragon. And she's like, What? And I'm like, Way back in the original Star Wars, you see him walking across the desert. It's R2D2 and the repo. And there's a big skeleton in the background. And it's a crate dragon. And crate dragons are known throughout the whole mythology. And blah, 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 blah. blah and, and it's a giant dragon. But it didn't look the way that I thought it would look. It was a little too d- dune sandwormy for me.
1: And that that is something. Because in the old mythology, Crate dragons did not swim through the sand. No, they had legs and they were giant lizard things. Yes, and in fact, I think in uh, Knights of the Old Republic, you fight them. Like you, you can go and fight the crate dragon. But so, they're
0: really powerful, which they did stick to.
1: Yeah, they're really They powerful. are super dangerous. Um, and,
0: and they did stick with the whole pearl, like that, and all yes, of the the crate
1: dragon pearl.
0: Yeah, which are extremely valuable.
1: Right. The, the episode starts with the Mandalorian going around. He's trying to find information to find other Mandalorian Culverns to get information about where to find the Jedi. Yeah.
0: Well, to find more Mandalorians too. He doesn't know, from what I understand, the way it appears is he was raised with his group of Mandalorians, and that's the only Mandalorians that he knows of because they're all in hiding now.
1: Right, they're all, all in these like little hidden yeah. units called Culverns. Yeah. So he's on this planet. There, he goes to a Gamorrean fight ring, and there's the the one eyed gangster guy, mm-hmm. uh, who was voiced by John Leguizamo.
0: I was trying to figure out who the voice was.
1: It was John Leguizamo. Because in the credits, they listed John Leguizamo. Okay. And he tells Bando that there is a Mandalorian on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: He goes, I've been to Tatooine many times. Yeah, I've never seen another Mandalorian.
1: Mandalorian. Yeah. He goes back to Tatooine. The woman who helped him out in the first time he went back um, in the first season is there. And she tells him there's a city
0: It's basically like a little town, right? Which was nothing left of, and which was really cool too. When he lands, that it's the same chick from this, you know, which is cool because they brought back another character, and she's all glad to see baby Yoda, and and the little repair droids are hysterical. They're running around fucking shit up. Did
1: Did you ever see the episode, or do you ever see the Comedy Central show, Strangers with Candy?
0: Long time ago, long. I don't remember much of it.
1: The lady from the dock is the actress from Strangers with Candy. Okay, I forget what her name is. Uh, but yeah, I I do know that. So he go he gets the speeder bike, there's another long scene of him riding across the sands, and he gets to this town and he sees the sheriff mm-hmm. in Mandalorian armor. But it's and, not and, just and, and here's here's the big spoiler, folks. We all know there's one other suit of
0: Mandalorian armor on Tatooine, and it's Bob that Fett's. suit. Yeah. It
1: is Boba Fett's armor.
0: So I'm talking to the wife and I'm like, I'll bet it's Boba Fett. I'll bet it's Boba Fett. So, and it kind of threw me for a loop. So the guy shows up. Uh, See, I I never,
1: yeah, I was going to say, I never thought it was Boba Fett. Because he was just too skinny and lanky.
0: Well, as soon as he popped up on the screen, you realize that's not Boba Fett. Yeah. But yeah. it's funny, like, because they're sitting down having a drink, and the guy just pulls his helmet off, puts it on the table. And, like, you can see, like, the guy who's playing the character under the armor, even though, I, I don't know if it's still the same guy this season, but next season it's not supposed to be the same guy. Either. Right. He's only doing the voice work. He's not showing up to do the... the... Yeah, we, we had this discussion yeah. before. So, but you actually see, like, the guy, like, jump, like, whoa, you took your helmet off. You know, and then he realizes, okay, you're not a you're not a Mandalorian. You got to give me the armor, you know, et cetera, something. Like, okay, you help me out. I'll help. You know, I'll give you the armor. So, armor. so
1: they're about to, they are like gunfight at the old the OK corral, standing across from each other, doing the like finger twiddle, about to slap leather, and then that's when you the whole town starts shaking, and you see the same the. Uh, the uh, crate dragon swimming through the sand and just gobble a Bantha hole.
0: Yeah. Now I will say the budget is definitely higher this season. Like they definitely are like, okay, this is a hit. Let's put more money into this show. There's definitely a lot more scenes. Like it, it just, it really looked like the only thing they did that I didn't, bo- that bothered me and I let it go was this town is only like one road big and it's a few buildings right so you can tell that they kind of built this town for within budget constraints it was supposed to, you know it's probably supposed to be a bigger town but it's not it's like five or six buildings it's like it's like a strip like a street with buildings on both sides of it all right whatever i'll go along the show's good i'll i'll ride with it anyways so that happened and there was a scene in there which, which i don't want to explain all of it and give it all away but there's a particular scene. What it comes down to is they have to go off and kill this crate dragon, and the guy says, "I'll give you my, I'll give you this Mandalorian armor, but you got to help me get rid of this dragon, which is killing everybody off." So they go, they run into these sand people. Mando gets along with the sand people and knows how to speak their language. And He's like, "All right." They strike up this deal, which I thought was pretty cool because sand people up until this point have always been portrayed as barbaric, you know, savages.
1: Well, I was gonna say they have. Unless you read like the expanded universe, exactly, and their their story is about the Sand People, and that they are a incredibly old culture mm-hmm. that has been on Tatooine for thousands of years, exactly, and they have a rich oral tradition that's passed down through storytellers. Their language is not just it's grunting, but it's also gestures, the sign language. Is. Yeah, the sign language. Now. Uh, whenever you see them in this episode, you,
0: or whatever, yeah. you, you
1: damn well better believe they're riding in single file because yep. we've established that. Exactly.
0: Yep. There was another thing that I thought was pretty cool too, and you really had to be a Star Wars geek to catch it. And I, I immediately shouted it out in the wife again. My, my wife, I don't think, likes watching The Mandalorian with me because I catch all of the little stuff and I make an exasperated big deal. Like I get overly excited about it when I see little shit that only people like us are supposed to catch. <laughs> Which is it's exciting to me because it's like oh you're rewarding you you're rewarding the people that have been here for the duration right it's kind of like you know what you're here we get it but there's the scene where the guy it's got it's got Boba Fett's armor explaining how he gets it he runs into he gets he's walking through the desert he uh, a, a Jawa sand crawler comes up on him kind of rescues him and and he's got the ice cream maker <laughs> that's where I'm going he's got the he's ice, got cream, the ice maker. cream maker yes he does and I'm like. And it pops up on the screen. He's walking with it. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the ice cream maker. And my wife's like, what? And she pauses it because she just gets these moments where she's like, fuck, I'm never going to be able to watch this show because yet, yet you're she insists, a nerd boner.
1: She insists you have to watch it with her.
0: Well, I'm like, here, let me explain this to you. And I have to go back and explain to her how in Empire Strikes Back and Cloud City, when they're evacuating Cloud City, this guy runs by with an ice cream machine. So much so that, like, when they... I can't remember what the character's name is. He actually has a name. Yeah,
1: in, in one of the short story collections, they tell the story of the guy with the ice cream maker. But it's not an ice yeah, cream maker it, in the movie. It's, 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 some, some, it's
0: like a data collector right. or something or a terminal So, or
1: like, why he has it. And yeah. then in the first season of Mandalorian, that's what he's got the best car steal in, is the ice cream maker. Yes.
0: So he's <laughs> running along with it. He's holding this thing in the desert. And I had to... Like, the wife has to stop the movie. Well, I mean, she... To her, you know, bless her heart... She, she like she'll actually sit there and let me explain this stuff to her. I'm like, listen, there's going to be a lot of that in this season. There's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm going to have to explain or, to you, or the
1: fact that the woman who runs the uh, the starport, the R five droid, is the R five droid from... from
0: Episode One. Right. Yes. Episode she caught four. That. episode four. four. I'm sorry, episode four. She caught that though. She I didn't have to explain that to her. We were both laughing at that. We thought it was funny. But I had to explain to her. Yes, an Empire Strikes Back. You know, the guys running along. They give him a thing. So now, when you have these Star Wars conventions, there's people that cosplay as that guy, like the hardcore super nerd fans that know what the ice cream machine, the ice cream maker is, and how it just, it's like it just popped back up. It didn't need to pop back up. That's something they didn't have to put in the show. Well, but it's, they did. So. the there is a particular scene where they're on this ridge. They're all laying down. It's the Sand People. The guy that is the Marshal from the town, and the people from the town. They broker a deal where the people from the town are going to go and help the Sand People. And they're like, "I don't want to help this guy. These people. They've they've taken from us and whatever." And so he does that. So anyhow, and I'm looking at that scene, and the very. The second I saw the scene, the very first thing that popped in my head is I wish I knew somebody that was really good with Photoshop and could get that scene and you would have them laying on the ground looking at the cave and I want to put the rabbit from Monty Python (laughs) at the entrance to the cave because that was what that whole scene felt like. It it did. Like all they need to do is get rid of the crate Dragon and just have the bunny hop out and cause all of this massive destruction and then hop back into the cave. Uh. That whole scene was the Monty Python quest for the holy grail knights running into the cave to kill off the rabbit right so if anybody's out there and listens to this and you're good with photoshop and doing that kind of stuff this needs to be a meme this needs to be the meme of them laying on there looking at the cave like it would have been funny if the guy like the the sand person that was another point there's a sand person that takes a bantha up there to try to get the crate dragon to come out and the bantha doesn't even get eaten it's the sand person that gets eaten. now
1: did you get the easter egg in that scene
0: no, I did not.
1: The macro binoculars that the sand person has. Were the same ones that you, Luke used? Right. Because Luke had them, he was looking, then the sand people knocked him out. Yes. I don't know
0: if they're exactly the same. Ah, s- they could be the same binoculars that the same. from Luke. Right. Yes. Now, apparently, while they were filming this, I guess Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, Ewan, Ewan, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor showed up. With his Obi-Wan Kenobi costume on during the filming. You know,
1: because if I'm Ewan McGregor and I have that costume, man, I, I'd wear that to frickin' the, the grocery store.
0: Like, yep, I'm Obi-Wan. Well, apparently what they were doing is they were also doing test footage. Because apparently as they're filming season three of The Mandalorian, they're also going to be filming at the same time the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Because they're using the same sets of the same locations.
1: Yeah. And I I have a feeling that unlike the previous episodes of Mandalorian, where every episode was kind of a standalone story and they all kind of took place one location. I think the first couple of episodes of this season, we might be on Tatooine for an arc because we didn't see him leave Tatooine. And then there was the mysterious stranger watching him go away. I you know
0: who that was as soon as he turned around.
1: Yeah, it's Boba Fett.
0: Yeah, it was Boba Fett. And I, I told the wife, I'm like, this is coming. I'm like, that's going to be Boba Fett because that actor is still alive. Mm-hmm. And as we, I think we talked about in the last show, that character could actually play that Boba Fett and Rex. Right. They get two bangs for their buck out of one character. So... And I'm like, okay, well, the armor's there, so it's probably Boba Fett looking for his armor at some point or another. So, yeah, he's probably going to be there for a little while. Like, that's one of the things that I really like that Disney is doing. They're being very smart about making these shows. Like, all these sets and stuff they've used in other Star Wars movies, they're going to recycle all of this stuff. Yeah. So, anyhow, yeah, they blow up the crate Dragon. The the plan doesn't go as planned, of course. Of course. So, he pulls a a Men in Black where he gets swallowed by the monster and then uh takes the, like the they got a bantha that's just totally outfitted with explosives.
1: Yeah, they were they were using it to carry the explosives to yeah. the site. And so they trick it into swallowing the bantha with all, which why the hell wasn't that plan A? Why
0: wasn't that I think plan- that was plan A. Oh, you're talking. Okay. Yeah. The Bantha yeah. was off to the side. Yeah. yeah. Plan you A. Know what? I figured that out real quick. I'm like, that's not going to work. And yeah. there just happens to be a Bantha there, which is fully loaded with a lot of explosives. You would think that would be Plan A. Let's just bait the food, you know, take the food. <laughs> I, I must I must strike this from the inside. That, that's not how that works, Drax. It's just as tough on the inside as it is. <laughs> yeah. I, so when that happened, I'm like, he's going to pull a Men in Black. And he's gonna get swallowed up on the inside, and then of course he he does the lightning bolt thing around his body, and he flies out, and the sandworm, it, the, the sandworm, the crate dragon explodes, you know. And and the deal that they made with the sand people is they get to keep the meat, and they now, get to keep the carcass and the
1: eye core, yeah, because it sh- it spits the acid blood, and when they and then when they're digging out the carcass, they pull out the crate dragon pearl, yes, which is this like basketball size
0: pearl, yeah, and they're in Star Wars lore and role playing games and so forth. You know they're worth a lot of money. Now again, this is again it's it's, it was it was a it was total western. Like even it was even more obvious western than I've seen any Mandalorian be thus far. Like it's like okay we are acknowledging that we are a space western and we're actually going to play into the whole space western thing. The whole thing in the bar with give me the armor, okay, and like the whole shootout's about to go down. You know I'm like this is total western, which I'm okay with. I am. Oh, I'm okay with
1: it. Oh, all the memes going. How do we know that Mandalorian is the superior space western than Firefly? Yes, because the Mandalorian he got, got a, a second season. season. Correct.
0: I, I know the, the town he's walking through is also very western. Like, where you've got the guy riding into the town on the horse, and everybody in the town's looking at him and looking strange okay. and stuff.
1: we're we're, we're going to stop for a second. For everybody listening, you you thought Baby Yoda, the child, couldn't get any cuter. You thought it was like the most adorable thing on the planet? Oh no, you're not even prepared for this episode because in this episode he's riding on the speeder bike with the child in a in a saddlebag and his ears are flopping in the wind and I almost died of cuteness. Yes. Like like, like just the Well they've said that they're going to play up the cuteness. Yeah. I am a grown ass man and I went into like total anime fangirl like <gasps>
0: So yeah. cute! I, I was. I, I totally. They've. They, they've totally said that they're going to play at the cuteness. They've also said now that they understand the technology, they are able to use the Baby Yoda puppet or the animatronics or the, all the stuff they use in ways that they couldn't do last season. Like Jon Favreau is real full bore. You know the two guys that are doing. I can't remember the other guy's name. Fellini is that what his name is? I can't remember. Dave Fellini. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, but Favreau and the other guy are they're they're like really hardcore invested into making this the best that it co- possibly can be. And again, like I kind of think, I kind of think this is the way I want my Star Wars to be handed to me now. I don't think I want Star Wars movies anymore. This is the way. Exactly. I I think I want. I want shows like this. I'm, I'm okay with only having 10 or 12 episodes as long as they're quality. Whereas a movie, it seems like you're trying to cram too much into a movie.
1: Yeah. These stories and, and need
0: room to breathe and build and be, and be I, better I think stories. That, I
1: think that's what Disney's looking at, is they're looking at it like, we can jump $500 million into a three-hour movie. And reaction may be that they love it or they hate it. hmm or we can dump a tenth of that amount of money into a twelve-ish or twelve-episode series, and we can control how the series is going. More finite than, okay, we did this. It's to a point where we can't fuck with it anymore. Yeah. Um, and if, I really if, think if the is... if the series tests badly, they can pivot, get new directors, and re send the series in a whole different direction and i really think this is this is what we've been waiting for since star wars we wanted a live action star wars series Mm -hmm. and there had been attempts to do this but well
0: obi-wan kenobi was the original attempt to do it
1: no, no 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 there were talks as far back as before the original trilogy, or not the original, but the prequel trilogy, of them doing a Star Wars X-Wing show. Mm -hmm. Because back in the early 90s when sci-fi shows were big and you had Space Above and Beyond and a couple other shows like X-Files was doing really good, they were talking about doing a Star Wars X-Wing show. Mm -hmm. And then the Star Wars X-Wing novels came out and those were huge for the expanded universe. There was a lot of talk of a Rogue Squadron TV show. Lucas didn't have any interest in it. Lucas never had interest in television. That was not his medium. He was happy with...
0: See, that's changed now.
1: Yeah, because somebody else is saying, we're going to do this, and Lucas can't say no. Lucas can't stamp his feet and go, no, we're not doing TV. Well, the thing again... Now, and that's the thing, is now that he's not... That decision isn't in his hands, it's like, okay, we're doing a TV show. You do it. You have to do it whether you like it or not, and then that's where it's at. If it was his decision, he would have said no.
0: I don't see the thing is like I was going to say I think Lucas and Disney have both learned their lesson.
1: Now, Luke, Lucas is still all about movies. Um,
0: yeah, but he's far more active in what's going on now, with well, what's he, happening.
1: He's not I wouldn't say active, but he's creatively into it yeah he's not in the day-to-day like he's not on the set every day doing no, stuff. no but
0: he's more involved with being an advice like he's taking his yeah. responsibilities as an advisor much more serious
1: exactly because he does, he's probably like this is my child the, yeah he's not the one who has to make the everyday decisions he's just the one going like oh yeah yeah make the make it look like this uh, Well, i think what
0: they're doing is they're like okay george we have like favreau and the other guy are like okay we've got this idea for a series Let's sit down and have a few beers and a lunch, and Let's talk about this. This is what we want to do. What do you think about this? And I think, you know, where Lucas is like, yeah, that sounds like it's good. That sounds like it's not so good, you know, but he's not there directing and pulling the strings, but he is serving as more an advisor, which is it's, what he's
1: better at. He doesn't have the right to veto anything. He yeah, can, but I think they would out of
0: respect now. If they, he may, said,
1: they may out of respect, but he can't, again, stamp his feet and say, we're doing it my way or nothing else.
0: Again, I think he's learned his lesson, though. I think he's back to actually like, you know what? I made a mistake by doing this. And here's here's a chance for him to be able to correct that course without having to be so fully involved. You know, I think, because, like he said, what he was the term, he said that he sold off he sold it off to white slavers, was I believe the comment that he made. I he later never on, remember oh, hearing yeah. about that. Oh, yeah, he did. He did say that. He said something along, that might have not been the exact words, but he said something along, go ahead and Google it.
1: A Deadline article from 2015.
0: Yeah, okay. After
1: agreeing that the first six Star Wars films are his kids, Lucas referred to his $4 billion deal with Disney. I love the movies. I created them. I am very intimately involved in them. And I sold them to the white slavers that take these things. And with a rather nervous laugh, he trailed off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But the people that are running it now are people that legit like really care about it and really really want to see this stuff go in the right direction and there's no secret about how like they're they're frequently having meetings with like they're trying to rebuild this whole universe now and they're, george lucas is far more active in it which again it's good that he has somebody that tells him no but he should be involved with it it's his world he created he's really good at creating worlds. He might be okay at directing again now because, like I said, I think he's learned his lesson. And so is Disney. Disney's been like, okay, this isn't working for us. We spent a lot of money on this. We have a theme park now. We really need to fix this as much as possible.
1: Well, this seems like a good place to wrap it up because we're hitting the uh, two-hour mark on the re- the uh, pre-edit record. Any final words?
0: I don't, I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, enjoy The Mandalorian. Um...
1: Well, uh, this will probably hit the internet on Monday. At that point, we will be 24 hours from the end of the election cycle, so God help us all for whatever comes after. From the D, this is John.
0: This is Rogin. And we
1: are saying... End of line. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no!
0: German? Forget it, he's rolling.
1: It ain't over now.
0: So, what's the plan? Take car. Go to Mum's. Kill Phil. Sorry. Grab Liz. Go to the Winchester. Have a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow over. Might as well write him off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up. Lights out.
1: Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special.
0: I always wanted to go there.
1: We're going streaky!
0: Yeah! All right, move on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. Nothing to see here, please.